we have not paid attention to efficiency in the power grid for the past 100 years. And it is time to change that, not only for environmental reasons, but also for the economics that you could have. You look at the global power generation, you're basically looking at wasting 2,000 terawatt hours of electricity every year. That alone is responsible for 1 billion ton of greenhouse gas every year. Welcome to the Future Engineering Club podcast. My name's Jack Lomas and join me as I speak to some of the brightest minds in the built environment, hearing firsthand their experience building the future of our planet. For this episode, we welcome Jason Huang, founder and CEO at TS Conductor, pioneer in high-efficiency conductors for electricity grids, backed by investors including Bill Gates' Breakthrough Energy Ventures and National Grid Partners. The energy industry has evolved dramatically over the years at both a generation level with new renewable energy sources like wind and solar now representing a significant proportion of our energy supply, as well as at the other end of the spectrum, with many of our homes now easily supporting electric vehicles and running on clean fuels. But the key part of the puzzle that has been overlooked is how this energy is passed from A to B, and that's exactly where TS Conductor comes in. This is a super fascinating episode, if I do so say myself, with Jason breaking down exactly where our energy infrastructure is at, the impact of the staggering loss of energy in our transmission lines each year, and the steps we need to take to decarbonize and improve reliability in our energy grid. One quick point before I pass over to Jason. If I may ask a favor, if you enjoy this episode, please consider giving it a share on LinkedIn and a follow on Spotify, as it really helped promote our conversation to others who might find it helpful. Now, let's welcome Jason. Jack, it's a pleasure to be with you today. I have been fortunate. I have a fairly extensive background in composite materials, actually about 20 years in, in composites, including aerospace. And then in 2010, I had the opportunity to change my career direction, basically, you know, join a startup, a company called CDC Global at the time. And that's, that's where I started my advanced conductor portion of my career. I know the subject matter extremely well. My background over the past 30 some years in professional life, half of it is in product development and in engineering. The other half in business development and business management. So I do feel that my career prepared me very well for the TS Conductor Enterprise. And I have a healthy balance in terms of new technology and making it as well as getting the technology implemented by customers. So it's been a blessed, rich experience that looking back, every step that I had has been necessary for where I am today. And it sounds very much like your life has been building up to this moment, preparing you for starting TS Conductor, which is a really exciting story. What was the turning point and what really inspired you to start what became TS Conductor? First off, I know the subject matter very well, material science, conductors, and utilities. And I know the intrinsic handicap of prior generation product because I had to work with it and I had to manage all the handicaps. When I come across TS Technology, it was a no-brainer solution in my view that this is exactly the kind of conductor technology we need in the industry. For the past hundred years, the industry has been relying on a conductor called ACSR that was invented in 1908. And we are still, by and large, 
rely on that everywhere around the world. That is just woefully inadequate、uh, in terms of climate change, in terms of the need for electrification of everything for everyone everywhere. And I think the bottleneck in terms of addressing climate change in energy transition is the power grid itself. We have to be able to move the electrons, which is the energy form of the future. And our power grid is just not adequate in terms of what is needed. Conductor is the key, and this is why this is what inspired me to start TS. And just on the point of conductors, before we maybe dive into the the energy market on a wider scale, would you mind just breaking it down? It- Exact role that conductors play within a power grid context. Yeah, let me put it this way:、uh, when you look at energy, electric energy, for example, you have the generation. Nowadays, it could be a solar farm or wind farm.、It、used to be fossil fuel power plants, and when those electrons are generated, you have to move them to the consumption site. Consumption sites are the factories, the cities, the load center. That's what the industry would call them. The, the infrastructure that we have that delivers electron from generation to consumption—that is the power grid. It's the in-betweens, and the power grid was built over the past 130 to 150 years. But when you look at what the industry needs, we're looking at probably two times or three times the capacity required to facilitate electrification of everything. To support energy transition, it's going to be a monumental task, and the the capacity is dictated by the conductor that's used, and the efficiency in the power grid is also dictated by the conductor that is used, and that's why that's how critical conductor is in power grid. I'm sure we could speak about it for hours, but I, I am just really fascinated to ask you, why haven't conductors evolved over the years? Why are they so old? When they seemingly play such a key part in getting electricity to people's houses and factories, etc. I would say there are probably two reasons. One, our industry is notoriously conservative. So when you have a new technology, it takes years for for the industry to recognize and adopt. The other part, when you look at conductors, you know obviously they're built with materials. They're going to be limited by their science progress. The story of conductor evolution in the past hundred years is actually a story of mature science. And if you look at、uh, back in 1908 when ACSR was developed, we simply took advantage of what's available at the time, high strength steel. It did not have enough strength, so we paired that up with hard aluminum. Hard aluminum do have strength, but They have a temperature limitation of 93 degrees centigrade. If you go above that, you have the so-called annealing effect. You lose strength, and you you you're gonna have more sag. It's also its electrical conductivity is not the best aluminum could deliver. And then over the past hundred years, the industry was focused on okay, how do we get more strength out of aluminum? So you got all the different kinds of aluminum alloys, including high temperature aluminum alloy. Becoming available, they all have very good mechanical strengths or maintaining strengths at high temperature. However, they all trade away electrical performance, electrical conductivity in particular. 
which is really the wrong trade-off in building a conductor. So about 50 years ago, the steel industry was able to deliver better steel that is able to support higher strengths and maintaining them at high temperatures. The problem is you're still using the steel wires as a strength member. They're heavy and they're also high in summer expansion, which means they're going to sag a lot when the, when the temperature is high and when you run a lot of current. So you have a sag problem. So about 20 to 30 years ago, the industry started to look at where are the better strength members. So composite was commonly considered. So in TS, uh, we have the carbon fiber composite core conductor. It does offer the best material science had to offer in strength members, highest possible strength, twice that of steel, 20% of the weight of steel, and a summer expansion that is unique. Basically, it's almost non-existent. There are two substances in the material science world that when you heat up, actually shrinks. One of them is water. You know, you convert ice to water, it shrinks, right? The other one is carbon fiber. When you heat it up, it actually shrinks. This is so unique. And this is what we use in TS Conductor. Amazing. Going back slightly, I know that 5% of all of the electricity that's generated is, is lost during the transmission and distribution process, enough to power all seven Central American countries four times over, which is quite a huge amount of electricity. We've spoken about some of the, the trade-offs that have to be made with the materials that, that are put into the grid. Well, what other challenges are there? First off, on the loss that you mentioned about, DOE actually had a study of, about several eight years ago. It actually identified a number of 8.3% on average for the global transmission and distribution grid. So it's actually even higher than the 5%. You know, in the transmission circuit, it's less, but in the distribution, it's higher. Uh, in the developed countries, it's less. In the developing countries, it's higher. In the hot climate zone, it's going to be a lot higher as well. You look at that number and you look at the global power generation, I'm talking about electricity. You're basically looking at wasting 2,000 terawatt hours of electricity every year. To make up for that loss, you do compensatory generation for it. That alone is responsible for 1 billion ton of greenhouse gas every year. So if you can make a, make a difference in line loss and be able to substantially reduce the compensatory generation you need to do to make up for the loss, everybody would be better off. The environment would be better off. Society would be better off. The ratepayers would be better off as well. And so that's the, that's the missing story, I would say, in terms of grid efficiency. And let me take a moment to talk about that a little bit. As a society, we have made major strides in the power consumption side. You and I have Energy Star rated appliances in our kitchen, for example. They're very efficient and you sometimes get a rebate for going to be, you know, using more efficient appliances. On the generation side, we've made major progress in terms of solar panels and wind turbine to be much more efficient in harvesting electrons out of the sun, out of wind. But we have not paid attention to efficiency in the power grid for the past hundred years. And it is time to change that. 
not only for environmental reasons, but also for the economics that you could have. And it's really important that we get this right, because looking ahead in the US alone, we've got 15 and a half thousand miles of new lines under construction or in planning. And the bulk of that work, about 56% of that is really just to improve grid reliability. So we've got quite this challenge ahead of us. Yes. And we also have to do it smartly in the sense that doing new lines, by the way, there will be need to build new lines because these new generation sites from renewable sources are normally far away from consumption centers. So you have to build power lines. But I would also caution that the cost involved in upgrading our power infrastructure is going to be monumental. And we have to keep in mind the ratepayers that are going to be directly affected by it. We needed to look at technology as a solution in terms of managing the cost. I'll just give you an example. TS has been deployed by Basin Electric in the U.S. You know, they... they, they they build their 230 kV new transmission line because we're able to drive the overall project cost to be lower than alternatives, including the ACSR option, which is the baseline option. The reason we can drive for the lowest capex is because we can span the towers further apart so that you end up with fewer towers. We can also allow shorter towers because our line doesn't sag as much. That alone is more than enough to pay for the very modest premium in our conductor. You know, obviously our conductor is going to cost a little bit more. We pack a lot more aluminum on the same size conductor. And the carbon composite core, obviously, is a little bit more expensive than steel. But if you look at it from project cost perspective, we are lower. And if you add line loss saving that technology like TS can provide, which is every month, every year for the lifetime of the project, you can tally that up. And that would be substantial enough. Sometimes they're enough to pay for the project cost. So not only are we reducing the capex of the overall project and allowing it to pay for itself, but we're also increasing the capacity and the reliability of the grid, which is pretty amazing. And I mean, in the US alone, I know that we've got to increase the transmission capacity by 60% by 2030. So it's clear that we need to build a hell of a lot of infrastructure looking forward. Know that we spoke before this call about some of the, some of the incredible benefits on the carbon side of things. The number that really stood out to me was, was 500 million metric tons of greenhouse gas reduction. Would you mind just maybe sort of breaking that down and, and giving a little bit more context around this incredible carbon saving. Yeah. Let me just give you an example. We worked with a Midwest utility. It was a 69 kV sub-transmission line. The existing conductor for the line is what is called Drake in the US. It's about 28 millimeters in conductor OD. You can use ACSS conductor, which is a 50-year-old technology. You get a modest increase in capacity. However, even to achieve that, you have to retrofit all the towers to make them taller so that it can accommodate all the sag. If you go with the TS technology on the same size conductor, same conductor OD, we can easily deliver 2x capacity compared to your baseline. When you pass the same current through all of these conductor options we talked about, the TS option 
actually have a effective resistance that are 50% less. So if you are able to reduce line loss by 50%, what it means is if on a global scale that you're wasting 2,000 terawatt hours of electricity, we can cut that by half. And the amount of greenhouse gas that's associated with compensatory generation will be cut by half. And I think it's very easy to overlook the sheer scale of half a billion metric tons saving. I think I read earlier, it's equivalent to the annual emissions of 134 coal-fired power plants, which I think really puts it into perspective. One of the fascinating things about TS Conductor is it's clear that the material science embedded into your product revolutionizes the energy sector. I'm really interested to, to hear your thoughts on why you went the, the venture capital funding route, because it sounds as though it's a business that very much pays for itself. I would say we've been very blessed with the partners that we have, and sometimes it takes luck. We've been very blessed that Breakthrough Energy Venture, which is a Bill Gates venture capital arm that led our investment round, and we have National Grid as well as Nextera joining Breakthrough. And they're like part owners of TS. And we share the same passion in terms of making a difference for the world, making a difference for related to climate change, make it better for everyone. And sometimes, you know, you, you go down to the venture route and you have the right partners. Maybe there's a destiny involved here. So I have to say that we have been blessed. We have a very experienced management team. We have a global perspective as well. Our chief technology officer is based in India. Our chief strategy officer is based in Europe. And I also have a pretty diverse background as well. And this is a technology for the world. It is not for, you know, one region. When we talk about electrification of everything for everyone, everywhere, it means that we need to have a technology that is not only suitable for developed countries, but it's also suitable for developing countries. It is suitable for the rich. It is also suitable for the poor that we can create that affordability impact while solving the problem in terms of providing you know, enough bandwidth in the power grid to allow renewables integration, to allow electrification of everything. And we've been very blessed with supporters like National Grid. They've been phenomenal. So looking forward into the, the future of TS Conductor, what are the big hurdles? Yeah. Let me put it this way. Our industry is conservative for many reasons. Reliability is a big aspect of it. And we can address that. But it does take awareness of technology like ours, awareness that this technology is already volume manufactured, commercially deployed. This is not a laboratory curiosity. We do have a conservative industry, but at the same time, I have been humbly reminded almost every day that People are willing to do the right thing if you, you know, giving them the knowledge, giving them the information they needed to have. And I would also say that our government, our regulators can play a very positive role. For example, if our regulator or policymaker is able to keep some of the economic benefit from line loss reduction with the utility themselves, 
you're going to see a sea changing attitude because if they do the right thing in terms of adopting a more efficient conductor, they actually are able to make more money just on the efficiency benefit alone. And, and I think that could change the mindset, that could change the pace in technology adoption. And what have been your biggest learnings building this innovative product in what you've described as quite a conservative industry? I think uh, obvious one is you have to have perseverance, right? You got to preserve, you know, in spite of the slowness, this is a journey. It is beyond an individual, beyond a team, beyond a company, because as humanity, all of our future are on the line. Climate change affects everyone, whether you live in the West or the East, whether you are a, a developing country or developed country, we're all in this together. And we actually need to help everybody to move forward on this. You cannot just have, for example, energy transition in the West and leave Asia behind because the pollutions, the greenhouse gas is going to affect everyone on Earth. You've been listening to the Future Engineering Club podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. And with that, I'll leave you to it. Stay tuned for next week's episode, where we'll be diving into the world of climate credits. Thanks and goodbye.